1: We have a little something new for you.
0: You may have noticed in your Spilled Milk feed, a couple weeks ago, we released the trailer for a new podcast that we're doing.
1: It's called Dire Desires, Life Lessons from Classic Erotic Thrillers.
0: This idea came out of, uh, believe it or not, guys, when we go on our corporate retreats, we actually, like, we do some some real hard thinking. And uh, we also...
1: <laughs> That's my favorite Erotic so, Thriller, Hard Thinking. Hard Thinking. With Michael Douglas.
0: We also watch erotic thrillers at night on our corporate retreat because nothing says professionalism. Exactly. Like watching sexy movies with your co-workers. Yeah,
1: we make all of our numerous employees gather around the television <laughs> and, we, and we put on like a body heat or a body of evidence or something with body in the title and they're forced to watch.
0: We decided that, uh, you know, after having so much... Fun and sometimes so much pain, disappointment, pain. Watching these movies together, we decided to make a show out of it. So it's it, the cool part is it's not just me and Matthew anymore. Oh
1: no, guys. producer Abby is on the
0: mic. She's on this side of the mic this time, guys, and she is a real movie buff. She actually has studied film, unlike me and Matthew. So she brings a whole other angle to this ridiculous new endeavor.
1: Yeah, producer Abby will be like, "Did you notice like this running motif throughout the movie?" And Molly and I will be like, no, we did not. We never, we've never like, noticed a motif in our lives.
0: No, then we're like, what's a motif?
1: <laughs> exactly. This is a super fun show. It is a limited series. It is totally free. And you can get it wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Dire Desires or go to diredesirespodcast.com. And if you like spilled milk, I think there's a 99% chance you're going to enjoy Dire Desires.
0: So Dire Desires. <sighs> go check it out
1: it's got a lot of Molly all doing right. this otherworldly voice that uh, i think even Molly doesn't know where this voice comes from
0: my own mother heard our trailer for dire desires and was like who's talking
1: so <laughs> that's my favorite thing that's happened
0: so tune in and listen to me channel a new me
1: yeah all right so uh let's talk about a food and that food is mashed potatoes that's my that's my perd happily impression i think
0: what? who's perd happily
1: perd happily is a, uh, a recurring character on the sitcom parks and Rec.
0: Oh, I need to watch more Parks and Rec. You know, I only started watching The Office recently, like very recently. The humor in it, it really agrees with me, and I, yeah. I hear Parks and Rec is similar.
1: Yeah, Park Parks and Rec is like The Office, but a little more gentle.
0: Oh, a little more gentle. Yeah. oh I like I like the the hard thinking of The Office. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm using hard thinking now. I'm still <laughs> that's not our, sure that's what our new catchphrase Yeah.
1: If we if we start a, like a like a comedy podcast about philosophy, let's call it hard thinking. <laughs> okay,
0: okay, all right. Anyway, so today we're talking about mashed potatoes, which uh, frankly neither one of us is going to be eating during this episode. It's. Uh, 10 a.m. and Matthew's sitting alone in his dining room. True. And I'm in my closet again.
1: Yeah, mashed potatoes is kind of soft thinking.
0: It is soft thinking. Let's tiptoe softly down your mashed potato memory lane.
1: Okay, so I'm not a big mashed potato eater, but there are a couple of key mashed potato landmarks on my memory lane. And one is the mashed potatoes from Al Forno Restaurant in Providence, Rhode Island, which also appear in their cookbook, Cucina Simpática, which is one of the best cookbooks ever. It is a bit of an unusual mashed potato recipe in that it's a skin on mashed red potatoes And you you leave them a little bit chunky, and uh, you put in tons of butter and cream and salt. And that's it. And it's it's great with their sausages and grapes recipe, which we've talked about on the show many times.
0: Have you ever been to Al Forno? I mean, I have heard you talk up this cookbook more than... Any other single cookbook, I think, in the history of the show. So, uh, will you tell me more about Al Forno?
1: Al Forno is a Italian restaurant, like a rustic Italian restaurant in Providence, Rhode Island, that has won multiple James Beard and other awards, I think. And it was founded by uh, Joanne Colleen and the late George German. It is just inventive enough without going without ever going too far. So they they popularized grilled pizza. So oh. like. You okay. know, they they didn't literally invent grilled pizza, but if you go to a restaurant in the U.S. and get a grilled pizza, some Al Forno is somewhere in the lineage of that dish.
0: It's so interesting to me that uh, that a mashed potato recipe that you particularly love has come out of an Italian restaurant that popularized right. grilled pizza.
1: Yeah, but like, but they're also like nothing about the the their approach is light. It's you know it's a very like uh, butter butter and olive oil and cream. Uh, their other signature dish that I also talk about and we've talked about on the show a bunch is uh, is baked pa- creamy baked pastas. Where uh, you know I think it was the crusty corners episode we talked about it. It's some shells or penne with. cream cream. cream, a lot of cream, and some cheese, like, Baked and sometimes you dot butter on top also. It's great. Um
0: and, and I know that there's another restaurant that is on both of our memory lanes, uh, and that is Lark here yes. in Seattle. Wait a minute. Does Lark exist anymore? It does. It does. It's but it moved from its it original moved. location. Yeah, they're doing yeah.
1: they're doing like amazing takeout now.
0: Ooh, cool. Well, so Lark is owned by a guy named John Sundstrom, and uh he from the very beginning, I mean, straight out of the gate, became uh well known for his mashed potatoes, which were served in a little stove like a little tiny dutch oven pan type thing and these are incredibly smooth thinner than some american mashed potatoes in in texture but incredibly smooth incredibly buttery mashed potatoes just off the hook mashed potatoes and i believe that they are modeled after the famous robuchon Mashed potato Oh uh, yes. the French it's... chef Joel Robuchon.
1: I know they are because on the menu they're called the pomme de terre Robuchon.
0: Ah. Okay. Well, anyway, we're going to talk more about the, the Robuchon potato here yeah. in a minute. I think my garage door is opening. I don't know if you, you heard that.
1: Well, there's also a leaf blower outside my place.
0: Wow. Wild wild times here yeah, in Yeah, no, no. It's, it's
1: like a nature show. Like, you can hear the the mating call the of, the, of the leaf blower and the garage door opener, which, <laughs> which are going to mate with each other.
0: <laughs> They're trying to find each other. Uh,
1: what? Anyway. Like, if, if a leaf blower and a garage door had a child what would it be would it be like one thing that combined all of the best and worst aspects of a leaf blower it would be really loud and sometimes it would like get stuck like going halfway up and down and just kind of clacking back and forth these are the bad things about it but also yeah. also it'd be really good at like cleaning up leaves and keeping your car safe i guess
0: yeah of all those things hey i'm gonna go further back on my memory lane
1: okay please do um, but we don't have so- to judge this. This hybrid creature just on like what it can do for us you know like what about its personality
0: ask what it can do for mankind no 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 for our country
1: (laughs) oh yes yes is this offspring of a leaf blower and a garage door opener sufficiently patriotic That's the question.
0: Maybe we'll figure it out by the end of the episode. I think we will. We'll come back to it.
1: Okay, memory lane.
0: So I remember as a kid, I remember my dad making garlic mashed potatoes. And he was always, I can't remember if he used a Julia Child recipe, but he always referred to them as Julia Child mashed potatoes. But he was forever changing the recipe. So I I think it was always with Julia's
1: permission, right?
0: Always with Julia's permission. She was very involved. (laughs) He would get her on the phone. of our (laughs) meal decisions at home Uh Uh, my dad would call her up and be like so I'm thinking about simmering the garlic in milk before adding the milk to the mashed potatoes what do you think about that and she'd be like oh that's a great idea that's a great idea so yeah my dad loved to make garlic mashed potatoes and I do remember him taking whole cloves of garlic and simmering them in a small saucepan of milk Uh, That sounds so homey. I know, right? I don't know if that's how he always did it, but sometimes. Then um, when Brandon and I got together, Brandon started making garlic mashed potatoes. Uh, Brandon never knew my dad. I think my mom and I mentioned to Brandon that my dad had always been the, the mashed potato maker at Thanksgiving. So Brandon took up the mantle...
1: Oh, great. And
0: he devised his own uh his own format for mashed potatoes at Thanksgiving, and what he does and still does it to this day is he caramelizes a bunch of onions and some garlic and then puts them, scrapes all that stuff into a food processor with Butter and mm-hmm. makes basically this kind of, you know, it's almost like a mousse texture, but I guess oh, this it's technically sounds great. A caramelized onion compound butter type thing. And then he mashes that into Yukon Gold potatoes, I believe, with the skin on.
1: And so, so the potatoes don't go into the food processor. It's just making like the flavoring no. compound butter. The
0: flavoring, yeah. So, okay. uh, oh, and he sense. uses a bunch of parmesan too. Oh, this so, sounds really anyway, good. Yeah. I've never made. Made it myself I've only watched Brandon make it uh, a million times but yeah the mashed potatoes of my childhood pretty much always had garlic in them I think I that is we never... a
1: very 80s 90s thing not that not that it's gone away by any means but like garlic mashed potatoes was a phrase I heard a lot at one time more so than I do now
0: people were always just like hey if you had garlic mashed potatoes I mean you'd just you'd show up for your zoom call and the first <laughs> item on the agenda would be garlic mashed potatoes yeah
1: no I remember that about the '90s, like a lot yeah. of very garlicky Zoom calls. <laughs> uh, I want to, I want to focus on something you said, which was that Brandon took up the mantle of mashed potato making, because that got me thinking: like, is there anything that I've ever taken up the mantle of? And I, for a while, I was, I was like the main Cornish pasty maker in my house and that was sort of like taking up the mantle of like uh, Lori's mom's pasty making. But now now Lori makes the pasties more often, so I don't know if I can really claim the mantle there. Have you ever taken up a mantle is what I'm asking.
0: I don't think I've taken up any mantles. Okay. Um, Well.
1: Do you have a mantle at your house?
0: (laughs) I think I have a a small mantle. (laughs) Over my fireplace, There's this weird ledge that's like three bricks long and Mm -hmm. it's off center from the fireplace. It counts. It's like just big enough and weird enough to like, (laughs) I don't know, put like balance a piece of kid art and a box of matches on.
1: Yes. Um, Do you have a mantle? I don't. Uh, We had one as a kid. At some point, like I really got the sense that if something was really special, it would go on the mantle. And like I was kind of into this idea. And now we don't have have a mantle and so if something is really special it gets magneted to the fridge. Yeah, the, the like place of pride on the on the fridge now contains like both Iris's and my cer- certificates of passing the Japanese fluency test.
0: Oh, I didn't know Iris had done it, too.
1: Yes, Iris. Iris did a uh, different level than I did, but we both passed.
0: That's so cool. Uh, wait a minute. Hold on. But the mantle that we're talking about taking up the mantle, I mean, it's not like it's not like my it's not like Brandon. No, I think I refer to something off else. My dad's fireplace.
1: Oh, I hope he didn't.
0: I think it's more like a breastplate or like something that goes on your chest, right? That's what yeah, a man- a I mean. Yeah, I think is. I think
1: you're right. Or it could be the mantle like, of the earth, because like if you took up the like the mantle it's a bra. of the earth, oh, it is. <laughs> the wait, the mantle well, like, of the earth I, is a bra, or
0: I'm sitting here. No, I'm sitting here. What are you doing? Like it's something that goes on your chest. <laughs> oh, right, right. I'm just. Rubbing my own breasts. Yeah, uh, like the, our, the, the our rubbing our went on much call. longer
1: than necessary to make the point.
0: And then I started doing it, and I was like, "This feels nice."
1: <laughs> of course, it does. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, uh,
1: okay, so wh- what was this episode about? Mantles?
0: Oh, oh, potatoes. wait. So you said
1: you said Brandon did not pry the mantle. <laughs>
0: Off off of your father's
1: fireplace. (laughs) But imagine if he had. That is a confident move. Yeah, okay.
0: imagine if that was how men like, uh, you know, like, like, uh, sir, I've come to ask your daughter's hand or ask your permission for your daughter's uh, marriage and then you got to pry the mantle off the wall to show what a man you are that you can, you know, you I can think provide for your father-in-law's daughter. I don't think I would have succeeded daughter.
1: in prying that mantle.
0: I don't think you would have either, but wow, your now hair was very powerful. Your hair That's was true. very powerful at the time. So don't underestimate the strength it would have given you like Samson.
1: Yeah, but it turns out, like exactly, like all my power was in my hair, which has been gone for decades, and like <laughs> so now I have no strength left to pry a mantle or anything else.
0: But you've been doing your your daily yoga here. I have been lockdown. doing my
1: daily yoga, and like I can uh, I can still have just enough strength to mash a potato.
0: Oh wow! Which Thank brings goodness. us back to
1: mashed potatoes. The other mashed potato on my memory lane is the mashed potatoes found in the dish potato gâteau, which is from the Italian country table by Lynn Rosetto Cap. Like her version and the one that I first encountered of this rustic Italian dish, which is like a potato pie that is based on mashed potatoes, but can have like a bunch of different things in it. Like I usually make it with fresh mozzarella and peas and soprassata. And uh, then you put breadcrumbs on top. Very tasty.
0: You know, Louisa Weiss, who is the author of My Berlin Kitchen and Classic German Baking, she lives in Berlin. And in the time that we've been in lockdown, she has been posting a lot of videos in her Instagram stories of of what she's been cooking for lunch and dinner.
1: Oh, yeah. She's
0: just a fantastic and very like unfussy cook. And it's just a pleasure to see even her most boring meal. However, she made something in early May that kind of sounds like a like a slightly the uh, Germanified version of of this potato. Ghetto oh, that makes sense. Thing. It was mashed potatoes. I think it had either ham or bacon. I think it had some cheese, and it looked like it had maybe breadcrumbs on top. You could cut it into wedges. Anyway, oh, yeah. it looked this, fantastic. this sounds
1: very much like the same the same dish that uh, probably has like seeped across borders.
0: Yeah, it should. It it sounds like it should seep. It sounds very lovable.
1: It should seep. Things
0: um, that are lovable should,
1: should seep. seep. If you, if you culture, some, if you love some if you love somebody, person. let them let
0: see. <laughs> I knew Gross. where you were going there. Um, it's disgusting. <laughs> Um, all right well hold on can i uh, so i did the research for this
1: oh yeah and please. i want to
0: share my knowledge matthew did I you have anything ready. else you want to say oh i was gonna say that
1: the uh <laughs> you mean for the rest of the episode <laughs> but and then like i'm gonna be powered down in just a moment and you're gonna take yeah. it from here okay great yeah i i was just gonna say that when uh, when you mentioned the german version of potato pie in the book the Campagna table by mark straussman which is another of my favorite Italian cookbooks um he's a, a new york chef he mentions that he used to work Uh, like at a resort kitchen or like a a hotel kitchen in uh, the German-speaking part of Switzerland, and they had a separate potato kitchen called the Kartoffelkuchen. And I thought, like this fact has stayed with me for That's a long
0: time incredible
1: yes right
0: it seems like something that Joel Robuchon should have had too because he was so famous for these potatoes and as we'll discuss a little later apparently it took so much work to prepare enough potatoes for the restaurant yeah uh, so it seems like you would need a separate kitchen you for would
1: it. it wouldn't have as cool of a name in French as in German no. in this case I don't think
0: it would also be clunkier because potato in French is pomme de terre like Earth Apple, which is the name of that that song.
1: Earth Apple, Earth Apple, please be mine. That song? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That song. Uh, All right, I'm going
1: to power down now and and, uh, let you (laughs) mash it away.
0: Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts As usual, I did most of my research on Wikipedia. And what really surprised me about researching mashed potatoes, at least on Wikipedia, is that there was so little History. Like, we have done foods that are far less common across cultures than mashed potatoes. And and they'll have, like, paragraph after paragraph after paragraph of history on Wikipedia. Apparently, people feel that mashed potatoes are so ubiquitous that nobody has even cared to write the history of them on Wikipedia. I
1: have a theory about this. I think the more complex the preparation of the dish, the more likely it is to have like recorded like, history because okay. this
0: makes sense.
1: Yeah. Cause mashed potatoes, I just think like, it's un- unlike a lot of things we talk about where it's like, how did someone figure out how to do, how to like make an olive, you know, mashed potatoes, like you cook the potato and then you smush it. So it, it's probably harder to trace the history there.
0: Yeah. I think I I, 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 I'm almost certain you're right. Well, so according to Wikipedia recipes for mashed potatoes as a, a recipe started appearing in 1747 with an entry in the art of, of cookery by Hannah Glass. Bravo, Hannah Glass. Yeah, I've um, heard of it. And then potatoes in general, maybe not mashed potatoes, had their perhaps most important moment when uh, Gollum had potatoes <laughs> explained to him in the second Lord of the Rings movie, uh, The Two Towers, when Samwise Gamgee is preparing a stew with like a rabbit or something that Gollum has brought over to the, the hobbitses and you should, you know, look it up because my Gollum voice is like, uh, my Gollum voice used to be really good, and now it's bad. Oh, no. But um, that's the opposite of good. But yeah. anyway, Gollum, like, you know, cavorts over to Samwise Gamgee and sort of looks at him as though he is maybe pulling his leg about this idea of potatoes, and he says, what's taters, precious?
1: <laughs> my- um. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> something has happened to your Gollum voice. I think you need to go what's, on a quest. What's,
0: what's, take precious?
1: That's there better. We, that was
0: better, right? You
1: need to, I think you need to throw something into the crater of Mount Doom in order to I get your Gollum voice back. I don't anyway, know then, what it is, but I hope it's not me.
0: Then Samwise Gamgee responds, potatoes, boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Do you remember oh, that? Oh,
1: I haven't, <laughs> I've only seen the first movie. <laughs>
0: <'cause>, what?
1: Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I. Didn't like the first movie, so I didn't see the other ones. Uh, I'm canceled now. <laughs>
0: is it? Was it because it was too violent for you? It's no, very, it was very because it was violent. too long. Oh, Matthew, it is like so. Watching all three of them is a total of like ten hours of footage, uh-huh. and it's horrendously violent and very dark and so good.
1: Yeah, just doesn't sound like what's, my thing. What's, but I mean, I do like Gollum. If if uh, I'll watch a super cut of just all the Gollum parts, how about that?
0: I'm still really I, I don't know what happened to my Gollum voice. Anyway, but so okay, people, uh,
1: <laughs> people and Gollums <laughs> can work together. <laughs> to make a great potato.
0: People disagree on what type of potato makes the best mashed potato. Do they ever. In general, what I have always heard is that floury potatoes, as opposed to waxy potatoes, make the best mashed potatoes. Uh, That floury ones tend to get fluffy, whereas waxier potatoes tend to get gummy. However, Matthew, I mean, your Al Forno recipe that you love so much is made with red-skinned potatoes, which are usually pretty waxy.
1: Indeed, and it's delicious so I don't know maybe it is gluey and I like gluey I've also heard that if you mash the potatoes in a food processor they'll get gluey I don't think Mm. I've tried that one way or the other I just prefer the texture of a more waxy mash
0: interesting like the
1: the classic the classic mashed potato it's it's one of Wife of the Show Lori's favorite things to me it's kind of too plain and like a waxy mm. potato just has more textural interest and like kind of traps the butter oh, in a different way.
0: That's interesting. I don't think I've ever had mashed potatoes made from red skinned potatoes or at oh, least not, should, not in this. a very long time. So I usually tend to use Yukon gold potatoes, which I think of as another thing that like stormed the scene in the 90s.
1: They did storm. Yeah.
0: Mhm.
1: I remember that. Uh, they, I love they U-Kan stormed the potatoes. castle,
0: they pried the mantle off the wall. They said They've we're the us. potato for mashed potatoes now. Yep. But some people swear by using baking potatoes or russet potatoes. Anyway, then, you know, we get into a whole lot of disagreement about what is the right way to cook them? Do you peel them first? Do you peel them after? Do you cut them into cubes? Do you boil them whole? Matthew, take it away.
1: Okay, because the skins are going into the Alforno mashed potatoes recipe, obviously they will be cooked with the skins on, but I believe quartered first or like like cut into chunks first so they cook faster.
0: Do you start them in cold water when oh,
1: you're boiling Oh, let me grab the cookbook because I do yeah, not remember. Oh, grab it. Uh, place the potatoes in a saucepan, adding enough water to cover them by one inch, bring to a boil, lower the heat, and simmer until the potatoes are soft about 15 minutes, so they start in cold water.
0: And I have read that it, uh, like almost across the board, every mashed potato recipe that I have seen recommends starting in cold, salted water, because if you drop potatoes into boiling water, the outside It splashes on you. It splashes on you, for one thing. But also, you can imagine the outer layer of the potato. If you're thinking of the potato as the earth with a crust and a, a mantle and a core. Remember, yes, <laughs> right, I'm throwing back to the the earth's mantle thing, Oh, yeah, yeah, right? no,
1: no, definitely. And, uh, and they have a liquid a core made of, like, molten <laughs> iron.
0: Yes, that's what's in every potato. Yep. Anyway, you can imagine if you drop a potato into boiling water, the, the outside is going to start cooking right away and is going to get overcooked by the time the heat reaches the inside and cooks the very middle this is the theory
1: i i think we would really have to defer to friend of the show kenji lopez all on that question because mm. it seems like he's probably already investigated this
0: oh god i wish i had thought to look up any of his recipes i uh, or or look in food lab his book
1: yeah i'm, I'm sure he i'm sure he has some thoughts we can we can yeah. link.
0: But yeah, I always no matter what I'm cooking, if I'm boiling potatoes, I always start them in cold salted water.
1: When you think about the Earth's crust, do you ever consider or worry, as I do, that if there were like a space Godzilla, that the space Godzilla would find the Earth's crust really delectable, like like a, like the way we like things with a with a uh, crispy shell? No, Like maybe we should call it something else so as not to attract space Godzillas is what I'm saying.
0: Well, I think if we just call it crust and if we don't, you know, if we don't overdo it and start calling it like Oreo cookie crust or shortbread crust or whatever, it's fine. Or crispy fried earth. Yeah, crispy fried earth.
1: Right, okay. <laughs>
0: anyway, okay, Matthew. So you you got your potatoes. You boil them in cold water. Yes.
1: Yeah, so apparently that is what I do.
0: Did you say yours are peeled or not?
1: Not peeled, except for the potato gateau recipe. They are peeled, and those get cooked whole. I think also starting in cold water, but then uh, cooked longer because they're cooked whole. And I use Yukon Gold's for that recipe. And then you peel them as soon as you can after mm. cooking them, which yes. is... There should be some expression for something that is as as hot to the touch as a as a potato that's just been cooked.
0: Should it be a hot potato? Uh, no, not
1: that. Like a.
0: You know what? I think that we should fiery start a,
1: fiery tuber.
0: I think that we should make a children's game. Okay. Based on how hot potatoes are when you're trying to handle them and peel them, and we should call this game Hot Potato.
1: That's one and, idea. What if and we made it? We
0: should have children sit around and play it tossing an object from one person to the next.
1: It sounds like you would want to burn a bunch of children. What's wrong with you?
0: Haven't you ever played Hot Potato?
1: Yeah, I'm doing a bit.
0: Oh, good. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I I was like, Matthew, yes, and me. Come on here. (laughs) Um, I think
1: we should have a, uh, a children's game based on the concept of space Godzilla's chewing on the Earth.
0: Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun.
1: It does. Yes, I've I played hot potato. Pika. Um, yeah, that's true. I've also played <laughs> <laughs> I've also played telephone. There was there was a time when I was a kid when like playing getting to play telephone with like a big circle of kids was as fun as fun could get.
0: Do you know what was never fun though? What being in a situation where you had to do that icebreaker game of passing an orange from like underneath your chin. Oh, that's terrible. Underneath somebody else's chin. That never was not nerve breaking. Nerve breaking. It was
1: very nerve breaking. <laughs> I yeah, I broke several nerves.
0: I hope. We- Never have to do that again in the post-coronavirus era. I, oh, I just that's hope a good that point. Is outlawed. Is
1: this something that came up for you a lot, like in the last few years?
0: <laughs> no, I was just thinking of of <laughs> games that used to happen when you would sit in a circle.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, there that's were, fair. There were
0: seances. Du- there were Ouija boards. There uh-huh. were icebreaker games with oranges. There was I, hot potato. I was going to
1: say duck, duck, goose, and you went straight to seances.
0: Musical chairs,
1: I, we are, okay. There are three spirits who want to talk to you. One, two of them are ducks, and we're not yet sure about the third one. <laughs>
0: okay. All right. okay, I think the sayouts
1: is going really well so far. <laughs>
0: So wait, Matthew, okay. Yeah. So you've you've got your potatoes cooked. They're peeled or not peeled, depending on what recipe it is. Now, how do you turn them into mash? Do you use a potato mashing device? Do you use a ricer? Do you use a food mill? Tell me, what do you do?
1: I am so glad you asked because I use a potato mashing device, which it's specifically <laughs> in this case a potato masher, the kind the kind that has like the kind of radiator shaped metal squiggle squiggle yeah um and uh, i find that works absolutely fine you know what that is also great for And i think this is a tip that i got from a from cook's illustrated many years ago so like if you put some ground meat into a pan and you want to break it up mm. into little bits potato masher Ooh. works great for this
0: um, oh nice
1: we do have a food mill i think i use it about once every two years and yeah for like grinding Canned tomatoes sometimes. I don't even know what else. Uh, But it's hanging up there in the kitchen.
0: I have a food mill and I have a ricer. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think I've ever used the ricer. I think I used my food mill for the first time in the last year and I just felt like cleaning it was pretty not fun. What'd you mill? I don't remember what I (laughs) milled. It might have been like applesauce or something like that.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: I have a potato mashing device, also Mm -hmm. called a potato masher. and, And I agree, like that works just fine for me. But I think that if I wanted really, really smooth mashed potatoes, like a French pomme puree, Kind of Mm -hmm. situation, I would want to use a ricer because that's going to give the finest, smoothest texture. Yeah.
1: You want to hear something weird? Not only did we used to have a ricer, but I believe there was a time when we had two ricers, one of them with interchangeable discs. Wow. We no longer have any potato ricer. I don't know what happened to them. I assume they got thrown into Mount Doom. And I think I have not missed them.
0: I think a writer a writer. (laughs) Potato writer. (laughs) Let's let's talk about writers. Well, this is something we might actually know a thing or two about as opposed to mashed potatoes, which yeah. I think that a ricer, I'm kind of inclined to dig mine out. I think it's at the back of I have this cabinet under the counter that's in the corner. Oh, Do you have that's one of where these?
1: Uh, you make Harry Potter sleep.
0: It's where I make Harry Potter sleep. No, it's it's where all the cooking appliances and devices that I don't use, they all gather there.
1: Oh, sure. Yes.
0: And they hang out there for years. Anyway, that's where my food mill lives, and I think I have a ricer back there, and I'm kind of curious to get it out, because now that I think about it, ricing potatoes sounds really smart. It
1: does, yeah, and I think it's very satisfying, too, because it's 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 just like a big garlic press
0: did Iris ever have one of those Play-Doh kits where they would make like the hair extruder? to put on? Yeah. yeah, with an extruder.
1: I don't remember w- whether Iris had that or not, but I did when I was a kid.
0: No, there's, I, oh God, I love that kind of stuff. I'm going to look for my ricer when we're done with this episode.
1: Yeah, like use it for potatoes, use it for Play-Doh.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so Matthew, what do you put in your mashed potatoes and what order do you put the flavorings or the fats in?
1: Okay, so I think the butter goes in first, because it's going to need a little time to melt, and then the cream or milk shortly thereafter... And I think, I think it's fine for the salt to go in anytime.
0: Mm-hmm. I've only made mashed potatoes actually a few times. Like We tend to be a roasted potato household. Yeah, same here. But I have used butter and milk. Uh, I've, I don't know if I've ever made mashed potatoes with cream.
1: It's very tasty.
0: Awesome. Okay, I want to talk about the Robuchon potatoes. So there are several different versions. If you look these up, you can find different recipes claiming to be Robuchon potatoes. But the the most famous ones attributed to Joël Robuchon. have a two to one potato to butter ratio. So, like oh, for every wow, yeah, for every pound of potato, you've got half a pound of butter. Wow, like it doesn't take that many potatoes to make a pound, right? And then you think about two sticks of butter.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking about
0: that's, it. That's so cool. So apparently, uh, by the way, Hobuchon is is no longer alive, but apparently there is some sort of legend of, or there's a <laughs> that, video out there that his,
1: that his spirit <laughs> <that> roams. <he's, laughs> The pastures of france just like putting butter in stuff
0: yeah i was gonna say that that he um he is the patron saint of buttery mashed potatoes and and he flies over people's houses and drops more butter into their mashed potatoes but
1: that makes sense there's apparently the a video
0: of him somewhere uh in his kitchen hassling some poor low on the 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 ladder cook who is ferociously whisking some potatoes, and Robuchon is saying, encore du beurre, du beurre, du beurre. Like, more <laughs> butter, more butter, more butter. Oh, but, like,
1: then you just know that there's going to be a point where uh, where the underling puts in one pat of butter too many, and then Robuchon is going to just lose his Moin shit. du
0: beurre, moins du beurre, du beurre.
1: <laughs> but you can't do that. You can't, you can't suck butter out of mashed That's potatoes. True.
0: Well, so uh, here's what's interesting. And I, I think I've heard of this elsewhere. So he has you boil the potatoes with the skins on, then you peel them when they're still hot. You also play the game hot potato at this mm-hmm. point. Then he has you rice them to get that really fine texture. And then he has you put the riced potatoes in a pan over the heat and stir them to sort of dry them out and make them fluffy.
1: Yes, I have heard of this. Yeah. Have I, I think done, I've done it? I don't it think once. so.
0: Anyway, then he has you add... The butter, diced butter that must be cold. Interesting, right?
1: Yeah, although like that's that's a big thing in in French cooking. I think like a monte au beurre with with cold butter, so that yes. it- emulsifies
0: better, maybe.
1: I don't know. I don't know what the what the deal there is.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I believe you do this, you know, still on the heat and then uh, you've heated up the milk and the milk goes in hot. So cold butter first, then milk. And then you whisk the mixture a bit to lighten it before serving it.
1: Yeah. I've never made it, but I have had it a number of times at Lark in Seattle and it's a good recipe.
0: When you make mashed potatoes, well, I think I know the answer to this because we talked about the alforno potatoes, but do Go you ahead. want see. them? Let's see,
1: let's do it like newlywed game style and see if you know the answer.
0: Do you want them chunky or do you want, like, how do you feel when you find an unmashed bit of potato in your mashed potatoes?
1: I feel fine about it. I don't, I don't like actively shoot for chunky, but like I want it, I want them to have a little texture. Like unless, like I do, I do, you know, if I'm going to Lark and I'm going to Lark And they're going to make me the Robuchon, like super, super smooth, soft potato puree. Great. I'm down with that. But if I'm if I'm making like a rustic Al Forno style mash at home, I, I don't want it to be perfectly smooth.
0: Do you think that smooth mashed potatoes should be one dish and chunky should have a different name? Like on Wikipedia, they suggested that a chunky version of, of this dish should be called smashed potatoes.
1: Now, I think of smashed potatoes as being like a heavily flavored chunky mm. mashed potato. Really? Yeah. Like, I don't think of it as smash potatoes unless it has, like, you know, like cheddar and chives and bacon in it or something like that.
0: Oh, God. I would have never thought of that. That's so interesting. I mean, I, but not I don't know interesting where I got at all, that. Really, but, but uh I <laughs> no no. Yeah, this that's... is the
1: most interesting segment of our show. Is like <laughs> what what stuff like like ask names. Throw out some other food what words. And I'll tell you what they you what they in... uh, what they designate all right. to me.
0: I I can't think of anything. Just the name of any... any dish. Uh, elbow macaroni.
1: That is a whole roasted fish topped with uh, <laughs> scallions and ginger, and then you pour some oil over it, and it, and it kind of sizzles.
0: Okay. Um.
1: Chicken soup chicken noodle soup is a flatbread um, that is uh, from uh originally from Central Asia and uh, you cook it you cook it over like a hot stone oh it's and, that uh, one that's
0: got scallions in it
1: uh no you sprinkle it, it that's a that's a different one what you uh, you're thinking oh. of sni- a snickers bar is the thing you're thinking of <laughs> uh, this one has sesame seeds chicken noodle soup <laughs> okay this
0: is our dumbest segment. this is our dumbest
1: bit we've ever done. Okay, congratulations wait.
0: all right matthew hold on i want to i want to turn our mashed potato discussion away from turn me from off actual again? like okay. fresh potatoes I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna power you down okay okay matthew have, have <laughs> you ever made instant mashed potatoes
1: <laughs> i can't answer that i am powered down <laughs> um, you have to to wake me up again. You have How to say you have to say, "Hey, hey Siri,
0: hey Siri." Have you ever made instant mashed potatoes?
1: I found information on instant mashed potatoes at potato dot org. Uh, I don't think I've ever made the instant mashed potatoes. Like I, I'm, I walk by them in the supermarket. Sometimes. I love that you
0: said the instant mashed potatoes. I've never made the instant. I think mashed I
1: think my brain was thinking the instant pot. Oh. Okay, I know I've eaten the 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 instant mashed potatoes. I'm just going to lean into it, uh, <laughs> like in a in an institutional context, uh, like at like at a, uh, college dorm that sort of thing. Oh but, yeah, I uh, think we
0: all have without yeah. without realizing that they were the instant mashed potatoes. <laughs> <But> <laughs>
1: um can we call our band the Instant Mashed Potatoes?
0: That's Let's do like like I want a to. pop
1: band. I love it. Have you made the instant mashed potatoes at home? <laughs>
0: I never have. What are they called? Like potato
1: buds? Is that one yes. of the brands? Yes. Yes. Love that name. It's
0: never, it's never occurred to me to buy a box of instant mashed potatoes. Although it does seem like really good lockdown food.
1: It does. I notice
0: yeah. again to, to, you know, nod in Louisa Weiss's direction. I have seen her in her Instagram stories using boxed instant mashed potatoes. Oh yeah. Potatoes, no, and, I, I don't uh, have any
1: problem with it.
0: No, I mean, they're I, I'm sure I've eaten them many times and thoroughly enjoyed them. But yeah, it's interesting. Usually. When we buy them at the grocery store, they usually apparently come in the form of flakes. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you buy them in, like, huge quantities for, like, an institutional setting or whatever, they come in granules.
1: That is interesting. (laughs) Is that
0: thrilling? (laughs) I know, it's so exciting. (laughs) <laughs> okay, all right, Matthew. Let's let's wrap this thing up by talking okay. a little bit about about some serving suggestions. In okay, case yeah, people no, I'm excited. Don't know what to do with their mashed potatoes.
1: Bangers and mash, love it.
0: So this is the the bangers being sausages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Coal cannon.
1: We made this on our like St. Patrick's Day episode, which I think was in 2010.
0: It's delicious. I remember when we made it, thinking this is great. I'm going to make this more often, and I've never made it again.
1: Is it with? Um, um, Galleons?
0: Is mashed potatoes with cabbage leeks? <laughs>
1: Clearly, we Leaks. don't that remember makes sense.
0: anything.
1: All right, great. Bubble and Squeak. So you wrote that's... a description of Bubble and Squeak, which sounds really good. I don't know if I've ever eaten it. It's one of these dishes where the name is so entertaining that I forget what the dish is.
0: I had to look it up. The idea of it is that you take whatever vegetables and meat is left over from your, like, uh, your Sunday roast. If you're in the UK and okay. you're doing a yep. Sunday roast. Like you you've roasted, leftover, a you've roasted a joint. you roasted a joint, yes. And then you smoked it. You take your cold mashed potatoes, whatever veggies are left over, whatever meat, and you pan fry it. And bubble and squeak, of course, refers to the sound that the various meats and or the veggies make.
1: Yeah, because like this England is really is really like where like this type of dish happens, like with dishes with with names that are so funny that I can't remember what the dish is. Because like Spotted Dick don't I know it's a dessert, but I don't know what's in it. Toad in the hole. I know you take a sausage and you drop it into something, but I'm not sure what. I think probably the crater of Mount Doom, but I haven't looked it up. That's all I can think of. Bedfordshire Clanger. Don't know what it is.
0: I think I, I, think I know the answer to this, but I want to hear it from you. Do you like your mashed potatoes with gravy?
1: Not a big gravy person.
0: I was going to guess that based on your condiment aversion. I, well, I don't
1: like, you know, ketchup. I just don't want anywhere near me gravy like i don't have a problem with it it's just not something that i get excited about again like i've already been canceled because of what i said about the lord of the rings and so like i'm just gonna like great this the gravy thing's not gonna make it any worse
0: no no it's not i i don't really understand gravy and Mm. i've eaten lots of different people's gravy I, I bet... put notches on my bedpost every time oh, people, I eat somebody's gravy. people who were gravy. seeping gravy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have eaten lots of different gravies, and I think I just don't care. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't want gravy, and I think that good mashed potatoes are so good that like I just don't want to screw around with anything.
1: Okay, let's let's move ahead to something I do like uh, mashed potatoes as a topping for shepherd's pie or cottage pie. This is not a dish that I eat often but every time i do i'm like oh this is great
0: i think we've talked about shepherd's pie or cottage pie on the show before and i've mentioned the mother of my childhood friend jennifer her mother was linda paschal the one who always had like a box of franzia wine in the the fridge and who is she the one who now
1: lives in paradise coast florida or something Uh, like that
0: she lives in in uh in naples florida okay Anyway, Linda is a fantastic cook, and one of the things that I always think of her making from my childhood was shepherd's pie. And I remember eating it at their house and begging my mother to make it, and it never happened. So, but yeah, shepherd's pie, so good. But it, it's yeah. like one of those things that has not made it into my rotation.
1: Yeah. It okay. Should. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a shepherd's pie sometime sometime in the next month. That's my pledge okay. to you. I'm gonna write it okay. down right here.
0: And then, of course, mashed potatoes get used. In other things, like, uh, you know, you, you have to mash potatoes to make gnocchi. They sometimes go in, like, different cultures, potato dumplings. Oh,
1: yeah, like, p- pierogi, potato pierogi. Like, that that's mashed potatoes in there, right? Those are great.
0: Uh, basically, I, th- I think.
1: Gnocchi, have we done a gnocchi episode? We probably have, right?
0: No, I'm almost certain we haven't.
1: Okay, well, then let's put that on the list.
0: Great, okay, cool.
1: I love gnocchi. Okay.
0: Okay. All right, that's it. We can power this God. one down.
1: You can find us online at SpilledMilkPodcast.com and Facebook.com slash uh, Instagram mm-hmm. at SpilledMilkPodcast Our producer is Abby Circatella Don't forget to go subscribe to our brand new show, Dire Desires Just go to DireDesiresPodcast.com
0: Seriously, we think you guys are going to love it We had so much fun doing this show Go listen and let us know what you think
1: Please do And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk We're your potato buds <laughs>
0: I'm Molly Weisenberg. <laughs> and
1: I'm Matthew Amster Burton. <laughs> <laughs> Looking things up in a cookbook on the show. Doopie doopy
0: doopy doop boop doop ba doopy doop <laughs> doop doop